looking at a verse of scripture from the book of Philippians chapter 4, 4 and verse number 19. At least we'll be starting with that. And that verse reads, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm focusing today on three words. All your need. And I don't know if there is anything you could put there that would not encompass those three words. All your need. There is no need that you have that will be outside of those three words. All your need. We live in a needy world. No matter how much man has, there is always something he lacks. And that something seems so far out of his reach. Sometimes he thinks he'd never be able to get them. But the very nature of man, the way God constructed him, is for man to have within him an unfailing sense of need. Man is always in need. In fact, the Greek word translated man is the word anthropos, meaning one who looks up. And I say, man will ever be looking up to God. I wonder if this is what Jesus had in mind when, uh, what the word had in mind when the writer of Hebrews says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Yes, it's like that brazen serpent that they strung up in the wilderness and putting the serpent of brass on, on a pole and whosoever looked on that pole, once bitten by a serpent, will live. If they fail to look up, they will die. Now, try as we may, man will ever be haunted with that sense of need. He will always need something. If he doesn't need it when he's strong, he needs it when he's sick. If he doesn't need it when he's sick, even at his dying hour, he will feel that sense of need. When Paul wrote Philippians 4 and 19, he was clearly thinking of the immediate physical need of the church at Philippi. They had just generously responded to his own personal need they had sent him a gift for which he was immensely grateful. And in return, he spoke this blessing over them. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. I'm particularly interested, like I mentioned before, in the words, all your need. These are three words 
within a very wide range, uh, that has a very wide range in terms of implication, all your need. Who knows the extent of another person's need? And yet the Lord says, all your need, all. And who is blessed with the resources to fill such need? No man can supply all your need. Only one in the natural. It was a very risky undertaking, the promise to fulfill another person's needs. All of those needs to boot. One may try. One may make a gallant effort. But there's just one person, and I mean one, and only one, who can guarantee such a delivery, such a supply. It is God by His Son, Christ Jesus. Only He is in command of the kind of resources that are more than enough to meet all the needs of all men from all generations, past, present, and future. The Gospel of John gives us information as to how all of our needs are met and supplied through Christ Jesus. There are at least seven of these um, thoughts that I want to present to you today in the next few moments. There are seven of these thoughts to show you that in Christ Jesus and by Christ Jesus, any need, every need, whatever need you have, will be, can be, and must be met in faithfulness to his promise. First on my list is John 6 and 35, where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. As our bread of life, Jesus completely satisfies us for all times and all seasons, and for all eternity. I am the living bread, he said in John 6 and 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. I, he said, am the bread of life. Jesus satisfies. He who truly finds Jesus a savior shall need no other person, friend, uh, or force to satisfy as Jesus himself satisfies. Jesus is the bread that satisfies our hunger for real life and real living. Yes, my God shall supply all your need and wherever there is hunger, Jesus is able to satisfy that hunger for you. Secondly, 
is able to meet the need for your the guidance you need in this life. He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 8 and 12, and of course John 9 and 5. Everyone arrives at a place they had never been before. Unfamiliar location. The light of the world is there to help you. The beginning of a serious illness. The sensation of some physical attack or disorder. What about when you come to the borders of the promised land, so to speak? How do you know which way to go? Where to turn? What to do? And what step to take? You were never there before. You are not familiar with that way. You need someone who knows the way. Someone who has been there before. Someone who has successfully navigated that road and returned to show you again the way. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He only knows the road that we must take to life's pathway and an eternity with God. He is the only one that knows the way. So he meets that need. Thirdly, Jesus said in John 10, and around about verse number 11, I am the good shepherd, caring for the sheep, leading the sheep, feeding the sheep, securing the sheep, seeing no evil. One comes to lead them away or astray, selecting the safest and best pastures for the flock. Um, where there is good, clear, clean water. While your shepherd is thinking for you, you need not worry or care. You are sure, your Savior, your shepherd, your Lord, is watching over you. You need not worry or fret. The Savior is in charge of you, his sheep. Fourthly, Jesus in the book of John is the resurrection and the life, John 11 and 25. How disappointing it will be for a person to wake up on the wrong side of heaven. And that could be the case with too many in our world today. Not only will it be, will it be disappointing, but it will be a disappointment that can never be altered, amended, and, uh, changed, or erased. It's a permanent disappointment. Nothing can turn it around if you wake up on the wrong side of heaven. Once the die, the Bible says, disappointed. And after this, the judgment. Things wouldn't get better there. They won't ever improve once you wake up on the wrong side of heaven.
resurrection to life and happiness eternal. I am the resurrection, Jesus said. You don't want to show up in the wrong resurrection, do you? You need to catch the resurrection, the resurrection, the one headed by Jesus himself. Let her rather get acquainted with him now and ensure you start out on the right footing that you are on the right train, moving in the right direction, heading for the right destination. It is a, fa it is a fast train. It is express. Make sure you are on it. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Nothing else will do. No one else can get you there. A train is not a train, as you may think. Any train is, 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 is the right train. No, no way. The right train is the one you board to get there at the right destination. Choose the one that says Jesus. He is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the answer your soul is looking for. You have a need to end up at the right destination. And Jesus will meet that need if you join him and you receive him into your life. No one else can do that for you. Don't bother to look. He's the only one, the only way. Fifth, Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's not one of several ways. He is the way. Way with the definite article. He's not one of many. He is not in that theory that says all roads lead to one God. As far as he's concerned, he is the only way. And indeed, he is and none other is. None. And you shouldn't try to prove otherwise or find out otherwise. For neither is there salvation in any other, the scripture plainly states. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Acts 4 and 12. The need for a safe, secure way to eternal life and eternal peace with God is only through Jesus Christ, God's only Son. He is the only one to meet that need in a person's life. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Who doesn't need life and life eternal, real life? Who doesn't need peace, a life of peace? A life of 
life of happiness. One that never ends eternal. Something inside of you is crying out for that kind of life and living. It is all in Jesus. Take hold of him. Take him as God's only way for your salvation. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Only Christ has been entrusted with the keys, shall I say, to these eternal resources of happiness and blessing. Nobody else has a key. They may be shaking a bunch of keys at you, but those keys can't open a single lock to the happiness of God. Jesus is the answer for our life today. Sixthly, Jesus said, I am the door. John 10 and 9. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. He shall go in and out and find pasture. Pasture. Again, my friends, there may be many doors, but it's not any door. Jesus didn't say, I am uh, one of the many doors you could use to find life. He said, I am the door. The one you choose must be the one that leads your soul into eternal salvation. Wrong doors will lead you into the wrong destination. Jesus is the door you need. You don't need any other door. Enter in through him and be saved. Receive him and be saved. Confess your sin to him and be saved. He is God's plan to meet this particular need in your life. You need to enter the right door. You, it is not a case where you just take your pick. You must know what you're about. Like Paul said, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which are committed unto him against that day. Yes, it's only one door, one door, and only one. And the little children's chorus used to say, one door and only one, and yet its sides are two. Inside and outside, on which side are you? Jesus is the door. Enter into life and eternal salvation through him, the only door. And finally, John in chapter 15 says in the word, words of Jesus, he said, Jesus said, I am the true vine. Abide in him and he in you, and you will be fruitful and be truly prosperous truly contented, truly happy, 
truly at peace and at ease. Without him, he said, you can do nothing. Trust him for true life. And true life is being hooked up and attached and grafted in to the true vine. So back to Philippians 4 and 19. My God shall supply all your need. You need satisfaction. He's the bread of life. You need to get out of darkness. He's the light of the world. You need to be guided into a place always of security, comfort, and provision. He's the good shepherd. You need life after you expire, after your heart has made the last beat, after you have drawn your last breath, you need life after that. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you have him, if a man die, Jehovah, shall he live again? If you die, you shall live again. Because the psalmist said, though I walk through the valley, of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You can take him with you through that valley of the shadow of death. He is the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. You need to decide which is the right door to go through. So many doors are before you. How would you know which is the right one? He is the door, and the one that says, Jesus, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valley, the Bright and Morning, that one, that's the door, the door where Jesus is standing. And then you need to be attached something that is alive and growing and doing well and flourishing and prospering, he said, I am the true vine. You don't want to be attached to a wild vine. You don't want to be attached to a vine that goes nowhere, just running. You need to be attached to the vine approved by the Father. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. If you abide in the vine, you will live, you will have life, you will prosper, and life will be great with you. God wants to supply all your need, and he hasn't given that right to anybody else to supply your need. He hasn't done so. The only person he has given the right to who can supply all your need is Jesus and Jesus alone. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at his name, every name must bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. There is no escape. Said the writer of the book of Hebrews that asks, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? God has made every single provision for your need in Jesus. And I say to you, don't pass by on the other side. 
but look to Jesus now and live. He is your only hope. He is the only hope God has set before you. Take him before it is too late. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We thank you for your word, which is always a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Bless your people. Open their understanding, open their heart. And may they bow in your presence in this hour and invite this Jesus into their heart. Lord, for those who as yet haven't done that, we pray. Save them. Deliver them. Wash their sins away with your precious blood. And let them know that if they have Jesus, they have life. Life that will take them through this life and life that will take them victoriously into the life to come. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time today. And make this word a blessing to every heart. In Jesus' name, amen.